0: Is Christmas Sunday, and December the eighteenth is our Christmas party in the Family Life Center that Sunday evening at six p.m. Tickets are on sale in the foyer before and after service. Adults will be thirteen dollars. Kids under ten will be seven dollars. Contact Sister Lisa Calico for more information. There will be no service on Christmas Day, December the twenty-fifth, on Sunday. And it does say the mission pledge is due on December the 25th. But so make, make arrangements soon. Now if y'all want to stand and get ready to worship as we get ready to enter into this worship service.
1: Are you thankful for his unfailing love tonight? Love came down to rescue me. Love came
0: to be subject to principalities and powers and to obey magistrates to be ready to every good work to speak evil of no man to be no brawlers but gentle showing all meekness unto all men for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish disobedient, deceived serving diverse lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another but After the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I can't help but think with the holiday season upon us, uh, we've already been through Thanksgiving and coming up on Christmas, we're going to be around family, we're going to be around friends, We're going to be around a lot of people that's normally not around us to where we have an opportunity to let our light shine before them. I know that a lot of my family, they know the lifestyle that I grew up in and how I grew up and how disobedient and the lifestyle that I lived. But now I have an opportunity to let them see, which they've already seen, but I can continue to see as they see me grow in Christ, I can continue to share that with them. So as we gather throughout the next few weeks with family and friends, throughout the holidays we can continue to let our light shine amongst people uh, today me and my boss, we got to we went to Fort Worth to pick up a piece of equipment and the the representatives that we bought it from they, uh, they took us out to lunch and I'm sitting there thinking how am I going to break it to be able to bless the food before we do it and I'm sitting there and before I even get get to it my boss he says do y'all mind if we pray over this food and so I was just like thank you lord because I was kind of like the fourth wheel in the the four-man group I was the low man on the totem pole I'm just like whatever y'all tell me to do I'm here to do I'm here to pick up equipment but but whenever he said can we pray and that and that started this off you know we've got to start uh showing ourselves in front of other people and letting them see what kind of lifestyle and putting God back in front of everything we have a few prayer requests tonight. Uh, we need to continue to pray for Sister Renee Flowers. She's our district superintendent's wife. Uh, pray with Brother Rick, too. I know that he's going to be needing lifted up. LaWanna Smith, she's very sick. Robert Newberry, Jimmy Black, Virginia Copeland, Kason Steele, Renata Vandenberg, Kelly Ryan, Michael Barnett, Alex Stevens. Vicki Sice, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gamberry, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Kathy Caldwell, George and Mildred Pratt, Nelson and Missy Miller, Michael Green, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Trinada, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, we need to continue to pray for our leaders of this nation, our local leaders, uh, everyone that's trying to do something good uh, for our nation, and we need to keep our spiritual leaders lifted up, Pastor and Sister Meyer. If y'all want to stand, if you have a need in your body tonight, Brother Ronnie. Okay. We definitely need to keep him lifted up. Uh And I appreciate the service that he's providing for us, and uh, we'll just keep him lifted up in prayer. Brother Jackie? Pray for Sister Belinda tonight. She needs touching her body. So if you have a need in your body, uh, we'll anoint you with oil. If you want to come to the front or if you have a special need, just lift your hand up to the Lord. He knows what you need. Father, we're thankful for this evening. God, you heard oh, every name that was read before you tonight, God. Lord, I pray for every need. God, I pray Lord, for brother to and sister Proctor
1: tonight. Lord, that you we would touch your heart. God, lost the he in
0: his
1: life. all I you is cold. I'm coming back to your presence. I'm coming back. To your his heart, cause there's a heart.
0: The ushers would get ready to come. We'll take up our Wednesday night tithe and offering. Father, we're grateful for everything that you've done for us. We're grateful for everything that you're going to do for us, Lord. We know we cannot give like you've given to us. But, Lord, we're just asking that you would bless those that have to give and bless those that do not. Lord, we ask that you would bless this offerings to the furtherance of your kingdom. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wanna hear-
1: suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for
2: within it. I uh, talking to him today and a couple of days ago, I was just telling him I said, you know the, the whole thing about this is it is just truly it's so massive. and to think that we could partner with you, In this massive scale of life. And he just reassured me that that was his plan. And he was glad to be the partner that can help our deficits. And I think I mentioned this just not long ago. But without us, he would limit himself. Without him, we definitely limit ourselves. But he wants to share forever, just like you want to share with others some of the great glories that you experience in life. And one of his glories is his bride, the partner that will last forever. Now, tonight, I'm going to do what we would do in... uh, Aviation, and that's basically a flyover. Uh, A flyover is where you fly over the area that you're going to land in and uh, participate in and just sort of look things over. So tonight, I'm going to do basically that. Uh, I'm going to hopefully do what the Bible said, stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. And in that, remembering why you started out in this race, why you fight the good fight of faith, and why you're holding on to the eternal nature of life. So those three things, you may want to write those down at some point, and so that that you can realize some of where ministry truly should find its origin. So tonight, uh, we're, we're going to just uh, sort of, should I say, just ease over the area, and hopefully that you will catch some of the thought patterns and some of the questions so that you will write them down and pray over them and meditate and quiz yourself about why are you really doing this thing? Why am I really calling myself a believer in Christ? There's nothing wrong with that statement. What is so wrong about it is to be a believer and not obey Him. Because that disqualifies every person from the race. And understanding biblical terminology is a extreme critical. Because if you misunderstand your mate, you probably won't please them. If you misunderstand your parents, you probably will get a little chiding. And so that's a natural thing in us. And then for some strange reason, we like, God, you just sort of look over it, if you will, because we're going to do our thing, and, and we're going to believe you are out there. But but we're really not going to be too intense about, you know, doing what you did. We just, we're just going to acknowledge that, yeah, how cool is that? And uh, you must have really wanted us to be your bride. And then, but we'll do our thing. And so, uh, it, it's a critical thing here what we got going. Now, this is sort of a small fraction of the universe that you live in. Now, I would like for you to pick out where you think you are in that. And I'd like for you to think about it over the next few weeks, actually, as to that part of it, because somewhere in that mix is the earth. And somewhere on the earth, you do your breathing, you do your thing, and and you get a lot of kick out of some of it. And so we're going to talk about, this Bible thing, and while we have studied a little of it, but, but don't really get into it as much as we do some of the things that please the flesh. Because this is the book that is written about that world that you're looking at. Plus, he said, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. And we treat it so often like, well, like my car has got a little problem, but I'll just live with it or whatever. Most of us won't live with a little problem. I mean, even like if just one tire is flat, we do something about it. But if we got a flat spot on our brain or our spirit, you catch the drift of what I'm trying to really pl- press here. Who can best this show? I don't think the devil's got a clue how desperate God is to have a bride. No, he is blind as a bat. He thinks he can contest God still. He thinks he can steal every one of us from God. And as one old boy said, he's been doing a pretty good job. He's stolen a lot of people's faith, their love, their joy, their peace. He is robbing the people that look like Jesus. Jesus is upset about it. He's not going to put up with it. He told us in his word, I've got a hell waiting on the people that don't give a care. So revealing the life of Jesus was and is critical to the spirit and words are life of Christ. The second Adam are the new bloodline. Saved is mentioned in the New Testament over 50 times. So which one is it? I'm hearing people all over the whole areas. Man, I'm saved. And so you have a right to ask them, what are you saved from? What do you mean you're saved? And what are you saved into? I mean it's a big deal. So saved by hope is a phenomenon that we seldom want to even realize. And it's in the book. Saved is mentioned in several settings and continuing to deal with us. It is a critical knowledge to take advantage of each step. I tell you, if you want to have a little interesting catalog with people or a dialogue with people, ask them which is the most important step in going up to the second level or the fifth level of your house. And they'll typically, and I've asked this Many times over because some years ago, I thought, you know, this is going to be a real interesting thing. And the interesting thing is they'll either say the first or the last step. When the Bible said grow in grace, which means every step is important. If you're going to get to the top, you study to show yourself approved. I can do that. It may take me 50 minutes. To get up a 24 step. Uh, set setting. That would be about. Two and a half floors. So we can have. Great life now. And greater life. In the forever realm. Winning a ball game. And winning the prize of life. Is very similar. <coughs> I'm always just really shocked that a coach and a coach in the pulpit have the same concept. We're going to win, but we got to practice and we got to study and we got to have some scrimmages so that we can see if we're doing any good with coordinating the whole body or the whole team. And that's why the Lord said forsake not the assembling of yourselves together because it's hard to assemble the same scenario if you miss a third of it. It's a very important part. And then your prayer life that you use to integrate your spiritual nature with the teaching or the bread of life is critical. So the crown or the prize of this competition is the greatest by far. The penalty can be endured, but with great guilt. <clears throat> How many of you have ever missed a deal and turned around a few weeks later and said, I just can't believe I let it go? How many of you have heard your husband say, No, don't, let's don't get into that. I should have done that. Now that I'm in trouble, I wish I would have carried the trash out. Are there any real homes here? See, we don't think anything about jumping on each other and particularly jumping on our kids or thinking about our parents, what they missed. And yet, uh, if God does any getting on to us... <laughs> Well, I thought you said grace was just unmerited favor and we just do what we want to and grace would just get us through all this. He didn't write that book. If all he was wanting to show us was that grace was the big deal, he'd just show us a picture of him going to Calvary and getting out of the grave and say, look, if you can trust that, that I did that, then no matter how you live and what you do and how you treat your neighbor and how you dress your life and all of the other above, you you, you just do what you want to do. And uh, grace just covers that because it's just totally unmerited favor. It's unmerited favor that God would take R.L. Meyer and try to make a Christ out of him. That is unmerited favor. And so the theologians that have not gone into the spiritual side of it and they tried to do it and the Bible warns us about that and he said that that no man that is not filled with the Spirit can interpret the Word of God. Well, that puts a big signal on. And so you got these guys that are doing studies and they are doing a lot of nice things, and then they're twisting the scripture just enough. It sounds real good. The difference, this is forever. I've mentioned it over and again, and I am going to continue because that's how you train your family members. I am determined. To make available all that is offered to the followers of Christ. It is inherent that we pray until we have desire. The reason we fast is we commemorate the realization of the need to eat. And we translate that when we fast over into I'm doing this because I want to be so hungry that the least morsel of truth, I want to taste it. I mean, it don't really make a difference. He said, this cometh by fasting and prayer. I mean, I feel good about myself because everybody pats me on the back and tells me how great I am and I must be great. crowns of this world will corrupt and pass away. I'm not against enjoying a ball game and enjoying playing ball. But when that gets to be so much more important, and here's the wearisome part, more exciting than prayer and seeking the face of God and saving a city, we have lost something. To be the body of Christ and to have that blood flow that he gave his life to ransom the worst sinner. And, and you know, I like to get them out of other churches because they're already pretty groomed. Now, I'm being a little facetious saying that because that's not what I really want to do. I really want to do what we're doing and that's praying for every preacher in this city. So that they, how wonderful it would be if we all preached the same doctrines. How wonderful would it be if across this city all 100 and something preachers preached every Sunday about the power of the Holy Ghost and the beauty. Ladies and gentlemen, I've tried to tell you what God showed me about Gideon. Gideon lost Everything but 300 out of 32,000 people, but he got his job done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, Gideon. It wasn't about a crowd. It was about a power. And for the sake of me, I keep hearing, say, well, that preacher must be doing something wrong. He, hey, the crowd's leaving. What about Gideon? Why don't we talk about him in Sunday school? Why don't we talk about him to each other? It wasn't about a crowd. God showed us crowds can't do it. But the Christ of Nazareth can live in us and he can do all things through us to the power of saving the lost. But critiquing ourselves and getting ourselves ready for the crown, that is the critical issue. The crown of life. And so no rival to the plan of God. There is not a better resurrection where one man turned into two people and two of them got out of a grave where they put one in. There's not three men that they put into the grave and they all three got out. They can preach all that dualistic thing about God and triune about God, When the Bible teaches us over 101 places, he became the Rose of Sharon. He was the lily of the valley. Why don't they worship that God if that is a God? No, no, no. The same Christ, the same Lord, the same faith, the same glory, the same power. God the Father is not in the Bible. The Bible refers to him as Father because he was the source. God is a spirit. You don't have to go to some theological institution to be able to read that directly out of the Bible. God is a spirit. (coughs) He's called Father because of a source. And so all of this stuff is huge. Ruling and reigning with him forever in dimensions not yet known, seen, or heard of. And that is simply in the scripture, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I want the rest of it. I'm not a Paul Harvey fan so much but I want the rest of the story for humans that will follow Jesus. I want to reach the utopia of the glory of why he gave us his spirit and gave us his trail, the truth. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light and no man gets to the source of this but by me. I am the door. I am the truth. I am the love. I am the sacrifice. I did it all for you so that whosoever will may enjoy the glories of forever. Could we praise him for that kind of stuff? I'm not talking about just a unique little uh, Pentecostal praise. I'm talking about down from way down deep. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for training me. Thanks for giving me time. Oh, God, for the sake of a city, for the sake of a county, I pray for the fire to burn in this preacher. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. It's hard for me to go ahead and move on. I want to preach a little bit right now. But my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, thank God, we know about 50 verses and so we don't need to do any more studying. We don't really need to pray over about three or four scriptures and ask God to cause that to be nourished into our system so that when we're in crowds, we speak the word of God, not our opinion of God. It's easy to get a little opinion that says, well, you know, I just don't understand why so-and-so is doing that when you know good and well they're sinners. I know why they're doing that. They're still living in sin. You know that. That's the reason they lie, commit adultery, lie and cheat and damn everybody and curse and and live like they want to and do like they want to. He said, follow me. Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not like a just a, a free-for-all. You know, back years ago, and uh, I indulge me a little bit here. Back years ago, I was so zealous and, and doing everything I could. And I went back to Shreveport to help Brother Hudspeth for a while in his bus ministry. And and at that time, uh, there was a, a guy on the field sharing with us all how to to really get kids to get on the bus and come to church, and, and I'm all for that. And, uh, and, and so uh, Brother Jack, teaching us, he, he said, I'll tell you how you do this now. He said, you, you, you go to those doors where you see stains on the door about three feet off the ground, and you know there's kids there. And he said, so what you do, you walk up to the door, and, and you, you find a screen that is a little bit loose. And he said, what you do, you get your hand right down there where you can make it flop, and you go. And, man, he said, the kids will come running because they want to know. And a lot of times their mom and dad will be right behind them because they want to know. And then all of a sudden, when they get to that door and they come out, you say, hey, kids, would you like to go see a cat?" we're going to have a candy rain Sunday and it's going to rain candy all over the yard. It's going to rain it. And we had somebody on the roof, you know, throwing candy down so we really weren't lying. And so I got got into that stuff, you know, and I was really moving motivating and man, my bus was full and I, I mean, I did it every Sunday, every Saturday. We didn't have candy rain every Sunday. We had all kind of different things that happening. And so this particular day that I'm heading toward, I I, I got the kids all excited. It was a two-story house, and, and man, I had about four or five of them just running up the steps, and I'm running right behind them, and all of a sudden, we ran into a giant. What are you doing in my house? That guy, he told me, He said, don't you ever come in my house getting my kids all excited about going to see uh, uh, whatever you're going to do. He said, you knock on that door, and if I don't come to the door, you just ease on down the street. (laughs) Because it's so easy to get everybody excited when you know how to get them excited. But there's got to be a little wisdom in some of that. And so I have appreciated the realization because I'm afraid I would have been him. Somebody come parading up my steps because my kids got excited invading my... We haven't all used a lot of good wisdom in how to attract people to this great thing. It's Again, it's not about crowds. It's about being able to... In, their appetite so lay aside every weight and the sin we become a very unique people when we discipline our bodies our tongue and our spirit and then we don't act like the world when we have a disappointment he said those troubles are going to be with you always always But he said, my bride is not going to act like the world about disappointments and things. They're going to turn to me and say, here's all my cares. And thus the writer wrote it, casting all your cares on him, for he careth for you. But you don't do that unless you trust him. You tell other friends and and get their people the feelings and... Oh, my God. Yes, if I were you, I'd just shoot him. I know none of you have ever felt like shooting your dog. But killing is one of the natures of when you don't like somebody. So you can kill their reputation. By taking their weaknesses and exalting them. So he's saying here, lay aside every weight and the sin. Realizing weights and sins is the critical issue. People are just like that guy, and they're like that guy. They're hemmed in. They need an angel of light. People that are children of God. To come to the streets with passion and power and knowledge and backbone and say look let me tell you something I used to live somewhere like you're living and I found a stairwell I found an ocean of great love I have found an ocean of great kindness I have found an unlimited supply of forgiveness and love and I wash myself every time I make a mistake I Wash myself with a renewing of the Holy Spirit. I know there's preachers telling people that if you get the Holy Ghost, you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. And the Bible don't even say that. It says you have power to do it. But if you don't exercise your rights, the power is useless. And the world's looking for a people that are using power structure to go up hills and go through valleys without screaming and crying and acting like the world that don't have that hope. So placing people or things in charge of of your life is a privilege that you can enjoy or endure. It's all about our choice for our forever. Knowing Forgive before you ask is critical in overcoming. You become one with God, free to be powerful. You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. There don't seem to be any left for the devil. There doesn't seem to be anything left to give to a situation except looking at it and say, I bring the blood of Jesus against that. I bring the name of Jesus against that. I bring the Holy Ghost and fire against that. I bring the power of the resurrection against that. I am in Christ a new creation. All the old things are gone. I left them back yonder somewhere. I'm walking in a new life. I'm walking in a new light. I'm walking in new glory. I'm walking in... new power and what I haven't yet received I'm after the rest of it I hadn't attained perfection yet but I'm going to go to the word of God I'm going to study that word I'm going to pray over that word I am going to meditate on that word and I'm going to talk about that word until I see the fruit of the spirit just literally growing out of me every word I speak has got something about the fruit of the spirit every word that comes comes out It's starting now to Siamese twin with the very word of God when he would speak. The second is like namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these, the Lord said. A violation of this reveals the level of faith in God's plan for people going to heaven. If Paul found freedom in jail... If Christ indulged at the cross found freedom in dying, what is so negative about come unto me? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly, and etc. Freedom is a choice. Crucifying the flesh is the immediate need of the active person going to the house of God. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul. Might, strength. Oh, well, I, I, I tell you, I, I, Brother Meyer, I know I appreciate all that stuff, but I tell you what, uh, there's some preachers, won't, they won't stir all that stuff up. They'll, they'll just tell us we, we got the Holy Ghost and we've been baptized in Jesus' name. Don't worry about nothing. All you got to do is dress this way, and if you dress that way, everything's okay. And you're seeing the desire of people because I am not going to force anybody nor give them heaven if they do a certain way. There are scriptures that talk about obedience. There are prerogatives that give reason for obedience. And then every time somebody wants to look like the world, to be like the world, sort of look around, you know, I wonder if I try it, if I do it. And friend, let me tell you something. It's about him. It's all about Him. He said it was. He said, I'm a jealous God. I will have no other gods before me, and there will be none beside me. I am a jealous God, and you've got to make a decision, and that's why I'm preaching to us that Gideon had 32,000 and lost almost every one of them. I'm still going to preach the old truths of God that are reality and real and are going to last forever. You deserve to know where the door is, and you need to, you deserve to know where the warehouse is and you need to understand that prayer is going to the warehouse the word of God and praying out of that word truths that will feed your life bringing you righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's no reason for us to be limping around after serving God for 10 or 15 years and acting like oh my God I got to go pray oh my God I got to go do this No, oh my God I'm telling you the God of glory is waiting on you not to hear you but to give to you and for you to receive the glory and You to receive the unlimited supply of wisdom and knowledge and power so that you can destroy demons and devils. It's amazing. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now I am going to teach a little bit right here. Because our kids right now are having a struggle when we love a couch, when we love a car, when we love a dog, we love a pet. And they wonder what it means when the pastor gets up and says, love not the world. i got preacher friends that I'm talking to them. I'm not just, uh, this is not just a situation. They're my brothers. Many of them have helped me. They love their hunting lodge. They love their boat. They love their gun. And... Oh yeah, on Sunday I love God. What are their kids supposed to think? When they get up and preach, love not the world, neither the things in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father's not in him. Does that not still reckon with us? It's the devil's business to get us misusing words that are critical to God's world. That's the reason in years gone by that you had a lot of strong preaching on using words like, oh, my God, man. And the book says, take, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. And I'm hearing that, oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, you say, Pastor, the Bible said grace covers all that stuff. I believe in grace. It's unmerited favor that God would try to take RLM and make something out of him. That's what's unmerited favor. Because I was one of the weakest. I was one of the pitifulest. I know, and I'm still not, I'm reaching for it every day. I care about where this church goes and what happens to your future. And I, I'm, I'm here because just as Jonah went to a, a land where they didn't even want him, and then he found out uh, they found some help. I'm here because people wanted me, and I hope that they still want me to keep preaching this gospel that will keep them clear from the iniquities and the sins and the shames, the weakness and the, the stuff about God. Sure, I know this sounds tough and negative to the thoughts of flesh. That's why I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I followed through with what God's been talking to me about. He loves you with an everlasting love. His love is in place. He chasteneth whom he loveth. He don't chasten whom he don't love. That's what he said. But it don't feel like it. I know the feeling. He has to do that to me. Other preachers do that to me. I put myself in a position at conference and camp and youth camps and different places. I want to hear the preaching of the word because I don't want to get blind to my, or calloused to my way of doing life. This is part of upgrading the spiritual economy. Work. While it is day, for night cometh when no man can work. Spiritual poverty is much worse than no gold or no silver. It would be better for us if we had to go dig out something somewhere to hole up in tonight and be ready for the rapture of the church and for us to have money and to have all the amenities that we have. You say, Pastor, man, you just laying it on. No, no, no. I'm opening the door so you can leave behind what needs to be left behind and so we can find the way, the truth, the light, and no man cometh to the source but by that. That is a vindictive thing that God is going to live by. We have been privileged to have access to the vault. Of abundant life. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, shares the combination code. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That's huge. You must be born again. Acts 2 reveals the initial witness that shared their faith in him. Mary, his mother, his disciples, and scores of others responded in Acts 2. Then those standing around heard the plan, Acts two thirty-seven through 39. I'm hoping that some of you will ask for the notes on this so you can peruse it over and again and, and so that you will have a charted course so that when you're dealing with your neighbors or dealing with religious Things that are going on, you use the scripture and not a opinion of preachers or whoever. So think for a minute. What is your desire to live for a million millenniums? And that's the best I could come up with. Where are you on that chart? And what is the true desire? that you live for every day what is your desire for a million millenniums i've tried to say it as carefully and as oh, as many times as i can <clears throat> once god revealed to me that hell was not as bad as it looked like man i'm telling you living forever with the dilemmas of life is huge I don't want you to put food on my table and me come up here and just hand you a little pat on the back and say good boy Johnny, good boy Jimmy, good boy this and good good lady that. I'm going to always appreciate you because you do so many things for this pastor and his family and for this city. You do a lot of great things. But I'm not willing for us to slow down. That's what I'm not willing for. I'm not for willing for us to do the 38 years in the wilderness. That's why we study to show ourselves approved. They went in a circle for 38 years, going to church and going doing the same thing and trying to keep it up. And and if somebody got out of the circle, oh, my goodness, like they got out of the circle. No, no, no. You go to them and you say, look, what's, the, what's wrong? We're, we're, we're going straight ahead. Straight is the way. Narrow is the path that leads to life ever. Lasting. I'm not willing to go in circles I'm not willing to just do today what we did 50 years ago that's what we didn't do most of you never had a TV for up to the last 30 years now probably almost every one of you's got one and if you don't you got it in your pocket I never dreamed I'd see so much stuff on here Never dreamed it. I used to sneak off and watch TV with some of the Saints' kids. Got in trouble a little bit of times. One day I was down at the Simmons watching, and they weren't even the Saints; they were just some of the city city people on the block. I got in trouble for going down there watching TV because the Bible said I will set no evil thing before mine eyes. Now you've got everything you can imagine plus going on. I'm not telling you to get rid of your TV. I'm not telling you to get rid of your phone. I'm telling you that we need to make some disciplinary choices that are going to keep us free from temptations of loving this world more than we love the favor of God. We need to make sure that we don't let other desires start dominating our life until we don't have time for personal evangelism and praying before church and praying during the week. And our time can be just totally robbing us if we're not careful. Say, well, pastor, that's hard preaching. It's going to be hard to live in hell forever too. Jesus made it very clear, straight is the way that leads to life everlasting. I don't have time to stop and picnic with all the world's ideas. And I don't want you to come up short. You mean far too much to this pastor. And the Bible said he chasteneth whom he loveth and he sends me to do the physical part of that. It's not fun. You don't ever enjoy chastening your children or each other but you don't mind chastening your wife or your husband if, if you need to fi- if you feel the obligation. I mean, I didn't mean for you to shout and run the aisles over that, but you know what I'm talking about. We, d- we let it be known. And I'm not going to be t- trying to... Dad, when we went to De Quincey had the largest church, second largest church in the entire southeast of the United Pentecostal Church International in De Quincey, Louisiana with a population of a little over 2,000. Our victory marches were around the block, not around the church. They had accordions and strumming guitars and, and the evangelist and, and dad led the parade and there was another UPC church type of a church two blocks away. We'd go march by their church on the way back to our church. That's how I was raised. Wow. Brother Bennett, everybody thought he was a single man until he finally died. And uh, the church thought they was going to get the millions of dollars and found out he had a wife right there in the church. Just nobody knew it. I've been around some stuff. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is that we need to do what the Bible says. And that is stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. I didn't get in this to just be like the world and have a little bite on Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night. What is it that you think you're going to do forever? And why do you want to go there? And I personally think that the reason people are not so excited is because they don't have that picture in their mind. Their whole concept is heaven on earth. And then, when I get through, I'll have everything I wanted here, I'll have it over there. No, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for him, them that love him. That's why I'm telling you, we need to think big, We need to think further. We need to be looking unto Jesus, the one who sits upon the circle of the earth right now and keeping every bit of that rolling. And he wants you to be the partner with him to go keep a growth of the increase of his kingdom and government. There shall be no end. And if the scientists and the astrologers can find that much, what do you think you're headed for? No, you have never, eye I, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. I'm not talking to you about quitting doing some stuff so you please me. I'm talking about you quitting doing some stuff so you can keep your eyes focused on the real prize. And that is ruling and reigning with him. And if we live life that way we will upgrade the spiritual economy for our children for our neighbors and our relatives and I'm telling you there's going to be a peace that passes understanding that's going to feed our nature and it's going to overwhelm all the weak elements in our life and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world is going to be a living light and a living voice and a living daily life I'm not talking about. Oh my God! I gotta go to the house of God. Oh, I can go to pray today. I found a prayer. I found some weakness in my life. Thank God I can get to the prayer room. Thank God I need. I need some answers for this. My God, give our pastor preaching and teaching that will lift a heavy load and open the gates for a future and give us power to tread on demons and serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing, no weapon formed can prosper against that kind of church. We may not get there tomorrow. We may not get there next month. It may be a year, but it's worth fighting for. Could we stand? I encourage you to spend some time thinking about it because here it is. Saved from, saved into, What do we tell family and friends? I plan for us to conquer every mountain. When he said, I will make the high places low and the low places high, he did it, first of all, for you with a car. No problem to go through a valley because you got a car that's got a good transmission, you got a good motor, you got money to put gas in it, and so it's no big deal. Actually, you start enjoying riding through the mountains because you can conquer them. That's what he meant when he said I will make the high places low, the low places high. I will furnish you with the wisdom and the spirit that there's no real problem out there. And I'll make the crooked places straight. How many times? The scenic joy of going through a curvy road out in the mountains and seeing deer, bear. Yeah. We stayed up in The Smoky Mountains, and our tent was right there, and seven feet away was our cooler, and the bear ate all of our bacon. I believe in overcoming bears. We didn't get our bacon back, and the milk didn't break. Mother and Dad, I tell you, we talked about that for years. Surprised that I hadn't told you before. Death burial, and rise into the newness of life. The same Spirit that keeps you going through everything will quicken your mortal body for the last time. You don't want to slow it down. That's why you want to praise Him daily. And love him daily. Matter of fact, I was was talking to him today and he said, I I, I said, God, I said, I know that I told you this yesterday. But I just got to tell you again, it makes me feel better about myself. I don't want him to get tired of hearing it, so I tell him stuff like that. Because he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I want our city to enjoy that. I want our kids to enjoy that. I want them to feel free. I tell him when I'm hurt. I tell him when I need help. It's the only way to negotiate life. Why don't you take the hand if you're close to a lady and a lady and a husband, a wife, children. Let's pray one for another. Children, pray for your parents. While well, they start singing, y'all go ahead and sing. They're just going to make some background noise. And I hope you wind up praying for every preacher, every mother and dad that belong you to this assembly. Give us a I passion, give me. us a purpose way beyond Lord, self. That's it. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you can. How be it in the Spirit we speak mysteries. The Spirit is going to try to reach out for you. something very special and that is he chasteneth whom he loveth and he said a father and mother that doesn't discipline or chasten their children don't love them that's huge stuff doesn't mean get mad at them and take it out on them because they've embarrassed you that's not chastening chastening is doing it with dedication With valid reason and a great love. My dad or mother, neither would ever spank me without making me hug them after it was over and assuring me that that was because they loved me. And I cannot thank them enough because it got into my spirit. I trust you'll be praying for this city and thinking about and and I I, I will have Sister Lisa or myself uh, if you want the notes on this lesson so you can be perusing praying over it we'll make sure and have it uh, if uh, I'll tell you what we'll do we'll just have how many of you think you might like to have a copy of it so that you can uh there's, there's several. There's, we'll, we'll just try to have 40 copies of it out there, and if you, if you decide you want one, so you can, sort of pray over it, and if you have any discrepancies, or don't ever hesitate to come to me, and say, Pastor, uh, some of that stuff there, you know, you you, you, you just didn't make sense with it. Well, I, I don't mind going over it with you. I mean, I care about where we wind up, and I care about the image of Jesus Christ living in us. So God bless you. Shake hands. I'd be friendly if you can. If you're just still doing the bump with your fist, and if you're just still looking and smiling, whatever. Brother Jeff, is this yours? Is this yours, Tanner?